real estate um, industry, could you put up your hand? Okay. Any contractors? Nobody but SF Garage. And how about homeowners? Okay, so we have mostly homeowners today. That's good. This workshop will cover essential information for people interested in home remodeling, including kitchens, baths, decks, stairs, vertical or horizontal additions. Hopefully most of all of your concerns will be addressed during the presentation. Uh, we will also be joined by, by Mr. Um, Jonas Eonen from the Planning Department. He will discuss items which relate to his department involvement with small residential projects. The panelists will give us the benefit of their combined experience and knowledge. Our presentation will walk you through the procedures which govern building and completing small projects in San Francisco. Set aside now for what you have may have been told by your friends, family, or possible some well-meaning city employee about completing projects. Please hold your questions until all presentations are completed, at which time the mic located in the center will be available. If we do not get to your question during the time allowed, by the time we adjourn, at that time feel free to approach the presenters. Staff will attempt to answer all of your questions. And now to begin, may, may I introduce from PlanCheck Services, Mr. Jaime Valle. Please once again hold all your questions until the presentations are complete. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Jaime Valle. I'm uh, with the Department of Building Inspection, uh, PlanCheck Services. Um, I'll be presenting, um, <coughs> excuse me, I'll be explaining the types of uh, permits that you can get uh, over-the-counter um, uh, without, per, uh, excuse me, uh, with, yeah, let me start again, sorry. Um, I'll be explaining the types of uh, permits uh, for residential remodels, uh, which I have uh, simplified into three different categories. Okay, uh, one, the first one will be uh, over-the-counter permit without plans. Uh, this is the most simplest uh, way to get an over-the-counter permit, which only requires a um, uh, building application form. Okay, the second one will be uh, over-the-counter uh, with plans and also requires a building application form plus drawings. Okay, and the, uh, and the third one, it's, it requires intake, which is also for a, either a horizontal or vertical uh, addition. So with that said, uh, let me give a little bit more background in terms of the uh, uh, over-the-counter permits um, without plans. Um, the, uh, some, of the, some of the ones that you see here on the, uh, on the wall here is uh, the most typical ones that we see at the counter. Of course, there's other ones that you might see or you come up with that uh, probably will be uh, over the counter without plans. But let's start with the window replacement, which is uh, you know, very, very common. And basically what we're looking for is uh, it's when we mean by in-kind is uh, we mean replacement uh, of the window in the same location, uh, same type of material, uh, and no change to the configuration of the window. Okay. Also, we have skylight replacement in kind. Same thing. We're looking at the uh, location, uh, same location, no change in the size. Uh, for um, repair of uh, stairs and decks, less than 50%. Uh, that's very important because it, all we're looking for is, um, is uh, <clears throat> items like boards, uh, structural members, rails, posts, uh, trusses, I mean, I'm sorry, treads, or risers uh, that you'd be replacing, uh, and the total work would be less than 50% of the of the whole uh, stairs or decks. Okay. We also have a. Uh, we also have kitchen um, 
<clears throat> cosmetic kitchens and bathroom remodels and by being cosmetics is all the work uh, will be no change to the current layout of the, of the space. Okay, uh, and then same thing with the fixtures will be uh, put back in the same location. Okay, there's uh, the next one will be uh, dry rot repair uh, and in kind and this is a little bit uh, it's a little bit broad but also you can get a over the counter permit uh, basically with the description on the uh, um, uh, with the building application form and uh, the basically what we're looking for to be very descriptive since it's a very generalized type of thing. And uh, so we're looking at the location, if it's at the front, back, or side of the property. Uh, if it's, you know, non-structural work, of course. And it's uh, using the same type of material and finishes. Uh, so you'll be pointing there. So um, the last one will be uh, re-roofing. And this one, what we're looking for in terms of descriptions, the type of roof, flap roof, shingle roof, the type of material, and also if you can put down the warranty, uh, how many years and, uh, will be for the roof. Agencies that may, uh, may require this would be electrical, plumbing, mechanical, and, uh, uh, and a building permit, uh, something that's not required in some of these items. Uh, if, if any of the work, especially the dry rubber repair that you're doing in the front of the building, uh, might require scaffolding, and uh, you, do, you are required to have a scaffolding uh, permit if you're encroaching into the public way. Okay? So let's go over the um, over-the-counter permits with plans. Uh, let's start with the, the most common that we see uh, uh, at the counter with plans. Uh, kitchens and bathroom remodels, structural and non-structural. Um, uh, on this one's in terms of the plans, I will be talking about the, the building permit because you're going to need a build permit anyway to do any of the, uh, any of the items with plans or uh, without plans. So uh, I'm going to uh, be talking more about what's needed on the plans uh, for these type of items. So for this one, we're looking uh, to, to show uh, the kitchen layout, the existing uh, demo, and uh, a new proposed uh, configuration. Okay, so uh, and, um, it mostly we're looking at the items that uh, will be structurally members that you'll be taking out and how you're going to replace it. If you're taking on a wall that is a, it's a bearing wall, we're going to see how you want to... Um, how are you going to brace that and put the members back, that kind of stuff, framing, how are you going to frame it back. So we want to see those type of things on the plants. So um, the other item is, uh, is a deck and stairs repairs, over 50% or replacement in kind. And those are very, um, very important uh, items uh, for us because replacement in kind will let you put back exactly um, you know, what, what you had on there if it was legally done with a permit. Okay. And in most of these cases, a lot of these stairs are always along the property line. So a lot of the questions that come up all the time is that, you know, are we, do we have to put a one-hour wall because it's right at the property line? And so we, you know, in San Francisco, allow you to have exactly what you had in, on there as long as you had a, a, it was properly done with a permit. Okay? So, and so for, those, for the type of plants that we're looking for, is over there it will be, um, uh, you know, connections to the house, uh, you know, framing a plan, uh, railing detail, uh, post detail, and footing detail. So uh, just typically what a contractor will look uh, to see how he's going to build it. Okay, and those are the type of items that we can we'll be looking at that for the plans. Um, for the, on the the other one of the biggest items that we also get is, uh, and uh, it was also explained in the previous uh, um, presentation, is uh, rooms down adjacent to garage or conversion of non-habitable space. 
Uh, and usually in those rooms, uh, the, uh, what, uh, they're mostly adjacent to the garage because San Francisco has had a full, uh, full garage, uh, most of the uh, houses. And they usually put bathrooms, living room, you know, family rooms, um, office, that type of stuff. You know, and, you know, there's also some requirements that go along with that planning, you know, uh, which once you drop the plans, it will be good to come to uh, city planning and, and see if uh, some of the stuff that you're doing will be, um, uh, will be approved. So the other item will be uh, skylights, uh, new skylights. Uh, we do allow skylights. Uh, you know, we're, so we're looking for uh, uh, plans uh, that show the location on the site plan or where they're going to be located, you know, like a roof plan. Uh, also, we're looking for a, a plan uh, of the location, um, if it's in the kitchen, living room, that type of stuff. So we want to see a floor plan of the location. And, um, and the, the most important one is we want to see how you're going to reframe the, uh, you know, the ceiling, you know, the, the floor, whatever, how to, to make that work. So we're going to see some uh, structural uh, plans with that. So the other item would be uh, uh, founda uh, foundation repair and upgrades. Uh, this is a pretty broad um, uh, type of uh, item because uh, mostly it's, it's repairing, replacing a foundation, a section of the foundation, um, reinforcing some, item that you, some items, and sometimes it's just a, like a, a voluntary seismic upgrade that you want to do. So, uh, you know, so it will require a, uh, probably a shear wall. So that's something that you need to go into more detail or also anchoring the foundation, some of the houses don't have anchoring, so, that, so those are the items you can uh, also, um, you, you need to provide plans and need to be a little bit more detailed. Uh, typical retaining wall uh, under, uh, under 10 feet. So for this one, we'll, we're looking at, a, a, you know, you need to show the proper uh, drainage, which is very important uh, for, for, the found, uh, for the retaining wall. Uh, we're looking for, you know, the type of rebar you're gonna be using, the thickness of the wall, uh, and the footing size. So those are items that we'll be looking for plants. And also we have uh, fences over six feet. Uh, we allow, we know, uh, we allow uh, for you to construct uh, fences without any permit if it's six feet or less. So uh, anything over six feet, you need to uh, provide some type of plants. And sometimes it, it will require, um, you know, uh, city planning approval, sometimes not depending on the location on the, on the building, okay? So, uh, but, so we're looking more like an ele elevation of what it's going to look like and how you're going to be connecting, uh, you know, to the ground with the footing, all right? So, uh, and then that, that I mentioned part of it already, which is voluntary seismic upgrade. It's an anchoring of the, the foundation. Sometimes, uh, you know, some of the houses don't have any anchoring. So, you know, we want to see so how you're going to be doing that. Uh, so adding additional shear walls to the structure if you want to, you know, want to do that as well. And, other, and also adding, adding other structural members, uh, something to the houses are some, uh, some of the frameworks are uh, very inefficient, so you, you want to retrofit that and make it better, okay? And uh, just to show you a, a picture of uh, some of the items that we'll be looking at for the bathrooms, we're looking at, uh, excuse me a second, <coughs> uh, fixtures, floorings, Electrical, plumbing, lighting, finishes, and cabinets. Excuse me. Uh, for, for, oh, excuse me a second. 
for <clears throat> oh man, this one was for kitchen remodels. <clears throat> uh, we're looking at a you know when you <clears throat> excuse me a second. Yeah. <clears throat> for <clears throat> for kitchen remodels, we uh, we're looking at stuff where when you open up the walls, uh, uh, countertops, cabinets, lighting, plumbing, electrical, floors, uh, walls on finishes, uh, uh, wall finishes on walls, uh, <clears throat> and how you're the flow of the connection to your living room and dining room. Okay, so this is a typical um, kitchen you see that we were looking at. <clears throat> okay, thanks. Excuse me a second. Uh, this slide shows a, a typical <clears throat> deck remodel addition, which uh, this has a metal railing. You can see that uh, there's there's a thin walls at the ends, and uh, the, that shows you that it has a one-hour wall at the property line. So we'll be looking at that kind of items. Also, look at the drainage on the deck, and if you have a floor, that kind of stuff. So, and finishes on the floor. So the next item is uh, will be uh, plants requiring intake. You know, it's a uh, you have horizontal additions. Uh, some uh, some uh, horizontal additions is basically single story, or on, or on the second floor, on the front side or back of the property. Uh, vertical additions we're looking at a. Uh, um, Adding a adding an additional floor uh, to the existing roof, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, to to create an additional story. Uh, vertical and horizontal addition is a combination of both in the front, back, or side of the property. For new buildings, uh, you know, you're actually developing an entire empty lot. So um, for for all of these above, you're going to need a, a multiple agencies review, but you'll start with a city planning review. And, uh, and after that, your additional review will be for architectural, structural, mechanical review. You know, any project over uh, 100,000 uh, will be will require a, a street space uh, review. So if you get through all that, then uh, you might have something that looks like this, and where you have a, a you know a rear addition uh, <clears throat> on your property, and it's uh, it'll be. Uh, Get a final project that it's uh, it will be pleasing to your neighbors and and, uh, and to your family members. So let me go over uh, some of the items, some of the forms you're going to be using uh, to do the uh, <clears throat> uh, to build this uh, uh, any any of the items that I spoke before. So so the main the main form that you're always going to be using is the building application form. It's called 38, or also known as the pink form. Excuse me. The second one is the inspection record form. This will be given at the start. <coughs> the inspection record form uh, will be given at the at the issuance of the of the permit. And the final one is the certificate of final completion or occupancy, <coughs> which will be given at the at the time that it's everything satisfactory and completed and signed off by the uh, building inspector. <clears throat> There's other forms uh, they are also required. I won't go through those today, uh, but you'll see them when you get the permit. 
when you uh, go through the sense permit uh, services. Yeah. Uh, let me go over the uh, <clears throat> minimum information that, are, that is needed for the uh, for the building uh, building form 38, uh, also called as a nickname pink pink form. And some of the items that I'm looking for, be, uh, uh, the minimal stuff that we'll look for is will be address, lot and block, estimated cost, name of contact information, description of all work. This is very important, especially for the uh, for for permits without plans, because we want to be as descriptive as possible. Uh, so we have it, uh, uh, you know, on record. So any descriptions that come up, we know that it was very well described exactly what you were doing on the property. You know, of course, it's needed uh, uh, in, the other, in the other ones as well with plants or the intake. Um, and on the intake, uh, on the intake and the other ones with plants, you don't have to be as descriptive, but it's, it's a good thing to have as much information on, on like three or f uh, four or five lines that we have here. Okay. <clears throat> and the last one is, of course, you need to sign it in data. Um, so once the uh, permit is issued, you'll be giving a job card at the time of payment. Uh, <clears throat> in, in, at the back of this, uh, this form, I didn't show that here, but uh, you'll have uh, uh, proper stages that you'll be signing off uh, for the inspector to sign off on the different stages of the job. You know, uh, you know uh, at, the, at the end of all those uh, sign-offs, then, uh, then you get something like this where you have a, a certificate of final completion and occupancy. And which will be given, uh, you know, uh, to the property uh, as the building inspector finds it satisfactory for all the work to be that was done completely. So, uh, let me hand it back to Ed now. Thank you. Okay, now you're you're through the uh, the gauntlet of proven agencies, and you've got your building permit in your building. Good luck. <laughs> the first thing you should know is probably where to call. You call 558-6096 for inspections. We uh, guarantee about 90% of 48-hour response. We ask you to try to call well in advance to ensure no delays to your project. Uh, you can call between 8.30 and 3 o'clock to book an inspection. To speak live to an inspector, call between 7.30 and 8.30 or 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock p.m. each weekday. The inspectors are in the field from 8.30 to 3 o'clock. To narrow your inspection window within one hour, call between 7.30 and 8.30. The, you can speak live to an inspector. He'll tell you where he'll be at a certain time of the day. He'll try to narrow it down to you in about, about, a, about an hour. That's the best we can do. So the first inspection is, um, is usually a, a pre-inspection. That's what we, we refer to it. The uh, Department of Building Inspection encourages a site inspection prior to start of work, coordinates job flow. We can look for potential problems or hazard. If it is mandatory that there is to be any digging of soil on your job, it's, it's mandatory. Any digging at all, we want, we want to be there before it even starts. Um, we can stop a lot of problems that way. And also note that DPW requires a mandatory start work inspection on all street use permits. The... Um, and right here we have a picture of a, one of the few vacant lots in San Francisco. We would want to be out there before you started work. We want to check the depth of your neighbor's footings. We want to see uh, your site safety plan, how you're going to get things in and out of the building. Um, 
The street in front of this is Chenery. It's very very busy. We, uh, street use permit would re be required to do any kind of construction on this lot. The next inspection is um, foundation steel underpinning shoring. Um, it should be coordinated by your agent or your contractor. Uh, building inspects steel, rebar, bolts and concrete, form size is approved, waterproofing, dewatering systems, and we want to monitor the special inspector engineering. We want to make sure those guys are looking at what they're supposed to be looking at, and we want to make sure they're competent. We want to make sure they're uh, certified. And we want to monitor uh, site safety, Cal OSHA, shoring, excavations, protected joining properties, the workers. Uh, right around this time, you, you don't want to forget about electrical and plumbing. Electrical, for instance, wants to see the UFER ground. And uh, they want to see any pipes that are going to be prior, covered prior to the pouring of concrete. Plumbing as well. You have all your underground piping, your waste pipes, some of your water pipes, some of your gas pipes. They want to see all that before. They want to check for a correct sizing and um, correct assembly. So the next uh, next up on the agenda, where you'd be seeing us, is probably your your framing or your superstructure. Uh, prior to calling building, uh, plumbing will be out. Plumbing electrical will be out there before us. Plumbing, of course, looks at your waste pipes, supply lines, all your rough plumbing. Electrical looks at all rough electrical. And then building is called. We're concerned with um, your framing, your superstructure, which is like steel, steel moment frames, beams, that nature. Uh, all of your mechanical, your environmental air, your ducts. Um, your uh, diaphragm nailing, uh, shear walls, bolts installation. And again, we want to make sure the special inspector from the, or the engineer has been out on site and for all the above reasons that, that I've laid out earlier, that he's competent and he's certified. The next is uh, insulation, Title 24 inspection. We want to verify um, the weatherproofing. Uh, before we allow you to put insulation in, your, your building or your project will have to be waterproofed, um, which means the windows have to be in, they have to be flashed, your lathing has to be installed, and your roof membrane has to be on. It's got to be watertight. If not, that's, uh, it's very unforgiving. If that water gets into the installation, it retains it, and if it retains it, it's a good chance you're going to get mold and mildew, and you'll be pulling stuff out. Uh, your next inspection is a cover-up inspection, also known as a sheetrock, also known as a screw-off inspection. Here we're looking at your fire assemblies between your floors, your units, and your property line. And just a note, right about here, if you have, a, if you have an independent shower, you should have had the plumbing department out there to look at your shower pans. They want to make sure they're weatherproof, they're, or they're watertight, sorry. So that's pretty much the, um, all the rough, and you don't see us for a while after this. You, you go in and you're running your finishes, you're painting, you're taping your, your appliances, and you don't see us until right around the final inspection, which I'm sure everybody wants. This is for across, across the goal line. For final inspection, you need plumbing, electrical, mechanical. Uh, for the larger projects, you will need DPW. Side, sidewalks, um, building of urban forestry. <clears throat> uh, and again, special inspections have to be complete. Don't 
if you call us before the special inspections are done, we cannot give you your certificate of final completion. Um, a certificate of final completion is issued if the building envelope is enlarged, change of use, or if work to be done to correct the violation. A note here, not all jobs need a CFC. It's only when you expand the building envelope or you add rooms. Everything else is a simple final. Um, and that's building. Uh, right now I'd like to uh, introduce uh, Dave Green from, um, from the electrical department. Say a few words. Dave Green from the Electrical Inspection Division. Uh, I'd like to uh, add on to what uh, Jamie and Ed uh, said about the, uh, the pink building permit application and the job card. They're very important documents that uh, owners need to retain after the conclusion of the project and keep track of during the project. Uh, and again, the description is extremely important because after the project is complete, if you or anybody else wants to find out what the scope of that approval was, we only have our uh, records uh, that, are, that are on the computer. And so you, you look up the records. If you don't have an accurate description of the scope of your work, uh, you could run into problems and uh, ascertaining what really happened and what was approved. And, and during the course of the job, uh, the various inspectors uh, write their comments on the job card, and that's how we communicate with each other. So uh, as a, if you're a participant in the project, you want to know where that job card is at all times. wouldn't even uh, hurt to uh, copy it once in a while so that, you, uh, so that it doesn't get lost. And, um, and, and as far as the technical side of uh, uh, electrical installations, if you're doing a, a major remodel, all the electrical work you do, of course, will be done to current code. But if you're doing a, if you're doing a partial remodel, the uh, work that's outside the scope of the remodel uh, may remain uh, if it wasn't approved previously and installed in accordance with the code of the day. The, the trick is, is on a, in a bathroom and a a kitchen remodel, uh, sometimes uh, it's a gray area as to what has to be brought up to current code. So the default is you bring it up to current code and, unless you can show us that you're not uh, touching it. And the current code requirements for kitchens technically are you have to, no point on the kitchen countertop can be more than two feet from a receptacle. The receptacles have to be ground fault circuit interrupter protected. And uh, you need two circuits on the kitchen countertop and then you need dedicated circuits for your uh, dishwasher, garbage disposal, and any fixed microwave. And the bathroom is a little bit simpler, 120-amp branch circuit that's a GFCI protected for the receptacle. And uh, if there are any other technical questions uh, at the conclusion of the presentation, I'd be glad to entertain them. Thanks, Dave. Uh, and now we'll ask uh, Plumbing Inspector Pinelli to say a few words. Hi, I'm Senior Plumbing Inspector Steve Pinelli. Uh, let me start by saying this. A lot of people ask, when do I need a plumbing permit and how do I get one? Uh, you come to 1660 Mission if you'd like to get a homeowner's permit, as long as it's a single family dwelling. You come down, you, you apply for it, you speak with the inspectors that are there at the counter. They will either say that you're qualified to actually obtain that permit or not, depending on the type of work that you're doing and the understanding of how to install and put in a plumbing system. When don't you need a plumbing permit might be better than staying when you need one. When you don't need one is when you're changing a low flow, a high flow toilet to a low flow toilet, and when you're changing a faucet. That's pretty much it. 
Any other time that you're cutting out piping, removing piping, replacing piping, water heaters, any remodels in the bathrooms, kitchens, a plumbing permit is required. You can call us between 7.30 and 8 in the morning and 3 to 4 to schedule an appointment. Um, we try to get to all inspections within 48 hours, to the best of our ability. We give a two-hour window, either 9 to 11, 10 to 12, or 1 to 3. And that pretty much covers it. That's everything on a plumbing permit that you need to know. But if you have any technical questions after the presentation, feel free to come and talk to me. Okay, now I'll turn the uh, mic over to Jonas Iona. He's from uh, the planning department. He'll say a few words on small projects. Morning, everybody. Just think everything you just heard was the good news. Uh, the hard part really comes before any of these gentlemen will even see your building permit application. Um, the planning department generally on residential projects, any horizontal or vertical additions, will take a look at first. Uh, let me start by saying if you haven't met your neighbors already, you should and you will after this process. Let me get up my notes here. Um, if there's any uh, vertical or horizontal addition, a vertical addition of seven feet or more, a horizontal addition of 10 feet or more, the planning department is going to require that you conduct a pre-application process. What that does is it forces you to go out and meet your neighbors, your abutting neighbors only, the two adjacent, three behind you, and three across the street, and talk to them. Talk to them about your project. You explain to them what you're proposing to do and listen to what their concerns might be. This will save you a significant amount of time on the back end. If Ed hasn't mentioned it already, uh, he did yesterday, you know, what we want you to take from here is to meet your neighbors, talk to them, let them know what they're doing, what you're planning to do because they're going to find out anyway. Um, you'll then prepare a neighborhood notification packet to submit with your application and that's notification to your neighbors within 150 feet of your property. Um, when you submit it to the Department of Building Inspection, they are the permit issuing agency. We at the Planning Department are a reviewing agency. Uh, we will review your permit against the planning code and the residential design guidelines. In certain instances, we'll take it to the Residential Design Committee. It's an in-house group of planners that will look at your design. Um, if your building is 50 years or greater, we're required to review it against um, as, or re we're required to review it as a potential historic resource and if a preservation technical specialist determines that it is in fact a potential historic resource, we may require additional information from you. Uh, once the planning department determines that your application uh, or proposal meets the planning code and the residential design guidelines, we'll send out that 30-day notification. Um, to, within a, to your neighbors within 150 feet. Uh, we put your application on hold for 30 days, and during that 30-day period, any of your neighbors can come in to review the plans if they want to take a look at a larger set uh, and or file for a discretionary review. You do not want to be the subject of a discretionary review process during your remodel. It will slow down the process and delay the process significantly. Um, and that's really why you want to take advantage of the pre-application process. Because when you meet your neighbors and talk to them, listen to what their concerns are. 
before you submit your application, you may be able to mitigate those concerns by shifting over your uh, building two or three feet. Uh, finally, if they do, in fact, file for a discretionary review, that means you're going to go before the Planning Commission uh, and argue your case. They'll argue theirs, and the Planning Commission will determine whether or not to take DR or not. Then we'll pass it off to these guys. They'll do their thing, and if the neighbor's still not satisfied, they can take a second bite of the apple by filing an appeal 15 days after the issuance of your building permit application. So talk to your neighbors. Thank you. Okay, that's the end of that's the end of our presentation. So we'd uh, like to open up to uh, questions and answers. If, uh, if you could possibly line up in the uh, in the center, we can hand the mic to them too. It's fine. We got a mic there. Um, I'll direct it to the electrical guy because you talked about uh, specific things like two feet uh, from the countertop and so forth. Where can a person who's not in the building trade, just a regular homeowner, find out these requirements so that you can begin to plan what your project is going to be? Oh, I, um, I would recommend uh, talking to a design professional or a contractor. They're, they have that. They've, they've got – well, uh, uh, talking to them uh, doesn't cost money. You solicit bids and you get information. Uh, you can uh, – the, the library has uh, copies of the electrical code uh, on the third floor at 1660 Mission Street. Uh, we have a – if you come to the third floor 1660 Mission Street, uh, we have duty inspectors that will uh, bring their code books out and assist you with any specific questions you have. The uh, residential uh, receptacle and circuiting requirements are all in Article 210. Unfortunately, it's not, on, it's not accessible on the Internet. You, you, you'll have to buy it or go to the library to get it. I would also like to say that if you go to some of the better supply houses, um, the people selling you the cabinets will, can tell you the, can tell you the, uh, the guidelines, the uh, minimum requirements. Um. I, I, I remodeled my uh, kitchen a long time ago, but I run to an inspector one inspector says one thing, and the other one says a different thing. If they told me to, it's okay to close it, I sheet rock and put the tiles, and the final inspector said, no, I cannot sign this. You have to put, put another outlet. Well, there's a, a, a whole um, there's a gamut of inspectors you've got to go through. You've got to go through plumbing, electrical, building. It's uh, inside electrical. Well, it sounds like the electrical inspector didn't sign off the project before you covered. They did. And he came I back. I took a note. My wife took a note, and the name of the inspector said, and the time, the date. If you have a if you have a problem with any inspector, uh -huh. you can go talk to his uh, supervisor. In a case like that, that's what you would do. You would you would appeal that uh, that call to the uh, district inspector's supervisor. And we all, you always have the right of the appeal all the way on up through the director. I know, but uh, I have to finish the kitchen. I have to comply with the uh, inspector. I have to cut the, the tiles and the shit rock and put another outlet in there. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. That, that was unfortunate. <laughs> another question is, my neighbor just have an insect, uh, extension. It's a single-family dwelling, and they end up poor kitchen in, the, in that house. Is it possible? 
If it's a single family <clears throat> if it's a single family dwelling, I somehow doubt that um, you can you can call up and ask what the last couple of building permits were to see what the scope of the work was. Oh, this is just recently. And if he's inspector. putting in extra units uh, and there's no building permits, you can make a complaint. Okay. You can call 558-6096. All the complaints, um, we get about, build, uh, building division gets about 20 a day, maybe 25 a day. And a lot of them have to do with extra units being dropped in to single family dwellings. And we'll be out there, we'll investigate it. We'll probably be out there within 48 hours, 72 hours. Thank you. Uh, um, can you talk a little bit about <clears throat> the retroactive prov um, provisions? I think there's some section that lists all these things that you have to go back and fix. Um, various code sections. Um, when is that triggered? In what cases? I, I'm not aware of that. You were here. You were here yesterday. I yeah. think you're, maybe you're getting confused with the condominium conversion. No, just in general, the the, the housing. Code has a section that has everybody a section 206 or something lists all these retroactive. Everybody up here is a building inspector. What you would be referring to is housing inspection services. That's right. um, for those of you that don't aren't um, familiar with that program. That's um, housing inspectors go to apartment buildings and they look for deficiencies in um, rental our rental housing stock. Uh, they're supposed to go out there once a year to. Once, once every two years to a, uh, an apartment building, and they do a, uh, an inspection top to bottom, and they make a list, and it, they write an, a violation, and you have so many days to correct that violation. I, I believe that's what you're alluding to. And that's all in the housing code. So you guys do nothing with the housing code. I'm familiar with the housing code. I have a copy of my, on my desk, and I there are... The house, everything in the housing code is retroactive, everything. Because they have, they cover like a lot of the same stuff the building department does with, you know, everything. In the, everything in the housing codes in the building code, it's just about one twentieth the size, probably even less. It's just, it's minute compared to the building code. That's just a general guide for um, landlord-tenant disputes, things like that. But we're not here to discuss the housing uh, inspection uh, services. Okay. Could I please have a little more clarification as to the historical um, uh, review process and what is involved there and uh, what's required for initial presentation? Uh, do you have something specific? Uh, because uh, I'm not a preservation technical specialist, but if, you, what you, if what you're looking for is really the process, is any building over 50 years old, okay, is a potential historic resource. A preservation technical specialist that um, is assigned to each quadrant uh, in San Francisco uh, within the planning department will review that application and make a preliminary determination whether or not they want additional information from you uh, about your building, who built it, when it was built, so on and so forth. How, how do they make that determination? Do they go out and look at the site or do you bring in photos? or? They look at part of your application is, is photographs, and so they'll review the photographs initially. If they need to go out to the site, they will, but usually the photographs will be sufficient for them to make their preliminary determination. 
I see. Thank you. Is there any rule or is there a um, uh, feeling in the city for housing stock that's removed, such as a three-unit vacant building that's purchased, converting it to two units, removing one unit from housing stock? Is that viewed favorably? Is that completely denied? Is it that's, reviewed? That's mandatory discretionary review, but I'll let Jonas. Uh, well, that's mandatory discretionary review. You have to go before the planning commission. Are they, yeah. And I think you were looking at whether or not it was looked upon favorably. Um, housing stock is an asset in San Francisco. We don't have enough of it. The planning commission adopted this policy to discourage mergers. Okay, and. Um, if after the policy went out, some people decided, well, I'll get around the policy. I won't merge two units. I'll just make one really big unit, one really small unit, and never rent out the small unit. Um, we've determined that those are going to be tantamount to dwelling unit mergers and still go before the planning commission. So in it's general, not that they can't. It can't. It's not that it can't be done. It's just discouraged. Okay. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I have two questions about the certificates of final completion and occupancy. Uh, the first is, and they're both short questions, I think. The first is I noticed that the CFC uh, sign-off is on, the, on page three of the job card on the bottom after all the other uh, inspector, inspections have taken place, building, plumbing, electrical, et cetera. So my first question is, does uh, the person, he or she, who issues the certificate of final completion uh, uh, completion and occupancy, make sure that those other things have been taken care of first, and then uh, is there a separate uh, CFC inspection on top of that, or do those first three suffice? And then my second question is the CFC uh, certificate in and of itself, is it for a separate unit that's being constructed, or, is it just, or would it even apply to additional space within the existing unit that now purportedly will be occupied? The Certificate of Final Completion, or as is known as CFC, <clears throat> the, the district building inspector issues it. Before he issues it, he's looking for all the other disciplines to be signed off prior to him signing it. He's also looking for a special inspection sign-off. A special inspection is a person designated by the design professional that, that um, is certified to do so and approved by the city to, do, to go out and physically do um, inspections. Once they're all signed, the, the district building inspector signs it. It's not, it's not a um, special inspection. It, it's the final inspection. And if, and if, you, if you see enough of these uh, job cards, you'll see the final inspection, CFC, were, were done on the same date, same time. And the second part of your question is? constructed <coughs> or would it also apply to a, an enlargement of a, of a current unit that's there? A certificate of final completion is only issued when you, ex one, when you expand the building envelope, two, when you add rooms, three, uh, change of use, four, change of occupancy. Something dramatic has to happen to get a CFC. Most jobs, you do not get a certificate of final completion. I would say probably about 5%.
regarding the plumbing and electrical planning plans. Do those need to be on separate plans? Would you prefer them on separate plans? A, a whole system schematic, or you, can they all be on one on set? On some of the larger jobs, the high-rises, you sometimes see um, a ceiling, ceiling plans for electrical, and sometimes you can see a separate set of plans for uh, plumbing. Usually on most jobs, it, you have you have one you have one set. Maybe it's anywhere from five to twenty pages, and they're they're kind of um, interlocking, they're overlaid. Okay. Let me add something to that. Also, on some of the plants that we uh, we see on the counter, they do have the electrical and, and the uh, architectural all combined on it. But they're pretty small type of items. But uh, we like to see it separately as much as possible. Uh, and that's because of, uh, you know, there's just too many stuff that goes on the plants. And uh, <clears throat> it's uh, just, uh, and also mechanical needs to look at it as well. So they will look at that information. Okay. And then one, se one entirely separate question. Um, the street, uh, how would one go about planting eight trees on a street that has very few? Well, you, um, is in regards to permitting, a, a not permit? the physical planting. Well, a lot of times it's required if you're doing horizontal vertical addition, or if you're new, or if you're doing a new building. Uh, the the agency that looks after that is the Bureau of Urban Forestry. Uh, I don't have the telephone number right here. Uh, I can see after and give it to you. They're at the Mission Street facility. They're at um, Cesar Chavez. They they I, they I believe they do have a representative at 1660 on the first floor street and sidewalk. Definitely, is somebody there you can speak to. You would have to get two permits, one one from Street and Sidewalk and one from Bureau of Urban Forestry. Thank you. Um, could you talk a little bit about um, alternate means of compliance and like equivalencies? I mean, do you, uh, I know that you know like fire escapes. You kind of allow that. There's a section in the San Francisco code about that, but. Do you get into that? I mean, I know it's 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 always just a it, it's a case by case, but uh, it's more plan check. Um, the that's a it's a very broad question, and, and like you said, it's a case by case. But it's a it's something we will review it. We won't, um, uh, especially farscapes, is something that it, we'll review it. We'll see it that if you're able to put a regular set of stairs, we'd rather see that versus the uh, farscape. If, in, if any, because of your design or the restrictions you have, most of the houses in San Francisco anyway are restricted because, of, you know, the small lot size. So, you know, we'll be we'll look at it and it will mostly will be in your favor anyway. But uh, if there's a way that you're not encroaching into the uh, <clears throat> into the setback requirement of planning uh, toward your backyard and you're still able to do it at a regular set of stairs, we'll look we'll look into that and say that okay, we'll rather you have a regular set of stairs versus a uh, uh, fire escape, okay? Right, I mean, that's one example, but I don't know if you get into this. I, I know I, there's always discretion with, with, I guess, in terms of the code is often complicated to sort of... Well, the co code is complicated as it is. And, 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 and not just with this, but with all the trades. I mean, electrical and plumbing, too, sometimes you, you have... Uh, yeah, that's why we have... Issues of interpretation, and I guess he mentioned before about the appeal process. If you feel like there's comments that you, you feel are um yeah usually uh for plan checking we have a uh, you know we 
if you uh, think that it's a, it needs a, a second opinion, we, we usually can get that. But, it, you know, we usually go to the immediate supervisor or, or, the, or the next level, similar to what you, you see for building inspection. Uh -huh. You know, it's, you know, even things are set in stone, but it's, uh, you know, the stone could be turned, and uh, it could be turned in your favor. But, it, you know, you have to realize that, you know, even though they're looking at one item, they might see other items that, that might even make it worse for you. So, all right. Okay, thanks. <clears throat> On the back. Hello, I have a question about opening, uh, about changing a window into a door that leads out to a deck. Does that need a permit, or you're not changing, not extending anything on that particular aspect? And do the neighbors, is there any neighborhood review on that? I don't believe there would be any neighborhood review. I think that, that's a simple over-the-counter permit. So you, there's already a, a doorway leading out there, right? There is a doorway <laughs> in another area, but this would be adding another egress. Yeah, I believe that's just an over-the-counter permit. The the only the only uh, I'm not just to clarify that the only thing that I will be concerned if if that door that you're changing into a window was uh, a door leading to a e egress. No, no? a different window. Okay, yeah, yeah, that'll be simple over the counter. No plans needed. Just be descriptive. You know the size of the what it was there before and what in the window that you're putting on there. <clears throat> oh, oh, taking out a window, putting on a door. Oh yeah, that that should not be a problem. The uh, it's pretty minor. Well, it's the same location. All you're doing is it's a window, and you're opening up uh, the floor even further, and it's the same location, right? So we won't look at plants because you're using the same header uh, to to make this work. So that's what I'm saying. That's that that part will be will be fine. It's also in the rear, it's also in the rear of the structure. Yeah. I have an, uh, another question about the deck situation. I remember about five or ten years ago that was there was that awful. Uh, collapse of a deck, I guess, in North Beach or somewhere. And I seem to remember that the Department of uh, the, the Board of Supervisors passed a five-year inspection rule. Is that still currently on the books? And what are both the requirements and your re uh, recommendations about deck safety, regardless of whether it's still on the books or not? That's part of housing inspection services again. Um, you know, this is about, this is about building, building projects. Um, we, we didn't really come here to answer questions about uh, the housing inspection services, but I think I can answer that. And it's 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 up to the homeowner to inspect their own property. We do provide um, a service. We we try to get out there in a timely fashion, fashion. When a housing inspector does go out to the property, one of the parts of the building that they will look at are the uh, stairs and um, decks. And if they are substandard, if they have dry rot. Or, or somehow they were damaged, um, they will cite it, and they will require you to, to get a, an engineer, architect, design professional to come in with a, um, with a, uh, to get a, get a building permit. If it's minor, you probably don't need the uh, engineer. Uh, if it's more than 50%, you'll be required to get a full set of plans to show us how you're going to do the repairs, where you're going to put the bolts, how you're going to beef up the post. Um, Things of that nature. Over there in the back. <clears throat> Thank you. Came a little late, so I apologize if I'm redundant. My question was, in a project typical to the window, you know, changing to a door or any small remodel that you're undertaking, that you have 
open the permit. I'm a little unsure about what has to happen prior to the inspector coming to inspect to close. Is there a, a, a list of, you know, a checklist or a task list or something that your plumbing inspector wants to see, you know, before he comes for the preliminary rough inspection? Or the electrical inspector wants to see if you're a homeowner kind of dinking around, feeling your way through the code and doing the work. What I always suggest for homeowners to do, and it's for, we don't charge anything extra, is you can call out the building inspector and for a pre-job inspection, and we'll sit down and we'll address all your needs. We'll take the job card and we'll show you exactly who you got to call when you have to call. We'll put an X there. So the building inspector can advise the homeowner as far as the yes. other inspections. That's right. I'm talking also about some of the nitty-gritty, like the static test for the vent lines for the plumbing pipes. You know, that's all. Uh, that is all in the code book. I mean, that that goes by code. You, you have we have no problem you having calling us up and asking us questions about you know I, I did this. What do I need to have this done? Do I need to test it? Do I need to pump this up? Do I need? How do I go about getting the rough? What do I need to have exposed? What do I have to have looked at? That's not a problem. If you want somebody to actually go out there and kind of walk you through it and go, well, you got to pump this up, you got to change this, and you got to change that, you can pay for a survey. You have somebody go out there, stay there for an hour. And he'll walk through the whole job with you, what you want to do, and answer specific questions. You know, like, this is how I want to do this. This is how I want to do that. No problem. Uh, if you call on the phone, usually like myself, if you call me and you have to tell me what your problem is or issue is, I, more than likely I'll walk through it with you and try the best that I can to help you out and explain it. If you still don't understand it, then I probably will tell you, come on down, pay for a survey, and then we'll have somebody go out there. And if, or if I'm able to come out there myself, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but for myself, <laughs> I'll come out there myself and kind of walk through it and go, you know, if I have the time, this is what you need to do, this isn't what you need to do. So that's the best I can tell you. If you want to know it, like a cheat sheet way to do it where you would have something that gives you steps, the best thing would be to invest in a code book that would tell you exactly how to do tests and what needs to happen. What the inspector wants to see. And that's for plumbing, and I, I would also probably state for electrical as well. The code book's going to tell you what you need to do, and that is the minimum requirement. But we can help you out on the technical side of it if you don't understand it. Thank you, gentlemen. No problem. How much does a survey cost? I wish you would have asked me that about 10 minutes ago because one of my clerks just walked out the door. <laughs> um, I, think, uh, I, I believe it's 160 for a survey. Once in a while you hear horror stories about uh, people that have taken out building permits and uh, for, say, uh, to build a new deck in the back of their house. And when the building inspector comes, they discover uh, that the front steps need replacing and the uh, foundation needs to be bolted down to the to the frame of the house. And all of a sudden, a 10,000 job turns into a $50,000 job. I wonder if uh, you have any comments about those kinds of things, or is that just not true? I'll speak to that generally. Um, if you have a building permit for an exterior deck, we're sort of we're specific. We'll go out there and look at the deck. But if I have to walk up your front stairs and they're in danger of collapse, I will personally write a notice of violation. It's, it's unsafe. It's, it's not fair. It's not fair to the milkman or the, or the paper boy or any of the neighbors. If the front set of stairs is, is accessible 
to all your neighbors. It's going to be hazardous. We're going to write you up. We have to. The other horror story that I hear related to that is, you know, you bought the house, you didn't know that the front steps, although they look safe and are perfectly, you know, functional, were in fact built without benefit of a permit. Then are you as the homeowner responsible for tearing those stairs out because they need to be re-permitted and rebuilt? What happens retroactively? You did say before you don't need to bring work that was done to code in the 50s up to today's standards, but how about work that was done without a permit, not disclosed when you bought the home? If you do work without a building permit, you're not covered under those provisions. The provisions you're speaking about are, um, if you did something in the 1950s with a building permit, do you have to take it up to code today? The answer is no, absolutely not. If there's a brand new set of stairs in your front building, and they were done without the benefit of building permit. Yes, when you do get a building permit, your stairs in the front of the house have to be done to today's standards, the 2001 California Building Code. Um, f when you buy a home, you buy the problems. Um, there's When you buy a home today, you have a 3R report that you have to sign off on. The 3R report tells you every single permit that was pulled on that property. Secondly, you have a agent disclosure notice, homeowner disclosure. You have all kinds of disclosures that are telling you these stairs were, were done without a building permit. That unit downstairs, it was done without a building permit. So people that are buying property, unless you buy it off the steps of City Hall, um, are well informed of what they're buying and what problems they have with it and what problems they, 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 they could encounter down the road. I'd like to add something. If anything is done, I don't care when it was done and how old it was done and it was done with a permit, if we go back and we see that something is a health and safety violation that could potentially hurt or harm someone, I will suggest that it gets repaired or fixed to, into compliance and work with that person. And I think electrical and buildings the same way when it comes to that. Even though it was done, it, something could always happen after. It could be changed. Something could have happened after we've signed something off. We don't know what happened after the fact. My thing is if there's a life and safety endangerment, I'm definitely going to write that up and make sure something happens for it. And I think electrical and building would do the same as well, even though it was done prior. Anything else? I took the wind out of the sails. Any more questions? <laughs> <coughs> what would you go to uh, find out if uh, what you have in your house has been uh, permitted? I mean, like... You can come down to 1660 Mission, you walk in the door and you take a left and you have a sign up there saying microfilm. And I believe it's $50. The billing department will give you a copy of all the plans, all the permit applications, all the job cards. So in other words, you get a, you get a full complete history of the work performed on your, on your structure. If your building is older prior than 1906, we won't have that. Uh, I would suggest that you go to the water department, and the water department will tell you when they hooked up your building and what they hooked up. Did they hook up a single-family dwelling? Did they, ha did they hook up three units? That's what I use for unit verification counts when it comes up on the 3R process. And I'll lean to another question was uh, uh, if you have a, something existing <clears throat> when you bought the place, uh, you think that it was not permitted, 
uh, how would you know that the person who put it in was still in compliance uh, but not pulling a permit? It well, part of the problem that we face is prior to 1965, we didn't, um, we didn't, we didn't take in the plans and microfill them. So if something was done in, like around the 1960s, did they, did they, was that deck actually a porch? Was it enclosed like this? Um, the, the repair permit, was it 50%, was it more? We really can't tell, so we have to use our best judgment. But having said that, 1965 is a long time ago. It's 50 years. So we've got a pretty complete uh, set of records. We pretty much know what was done on those on those um, on on your on your house. I'd just like to make a correction. I've just been told um, if you're going to microfilm and you want to obtain the plans, each plan is two dollars and sixty-five cents per plan per page, and for all permits building. It's a dollar five per permit, correct? Per sheet, dollar five per sheet, and for three R's and microfilm, it's fifty dollars for three R's. How about, how about the inspection that we? It's a dollar five. No, the. Uh, the Any other questions? Okay, that that concludes our program. Thank you for coming, and uh, if you have any further questions, you can come up and ask us, or you can come down and see us at 1660 Mission. Uh, inspection Services is on the third floor. Thank you.